0: The losing streak continues as the Rockets get completely blown out of the water by a final score 133 84, a 49 point differential by the Memphis Grizzlies at home, falling to 11-21 and on the season. What is up, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your very next order. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian covering the Rockets for ESPN 97.5 and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, at ESPN 975, and at Apollo HOU. Now, I had a few people begging me to not talk about this Rockets Grizzlies game uh, in the, in this podcast, but I had to talk about it a little bit. Like, And the, the good news is is, it wasn't all bad. A lot of it was, but it wasn't all bad. And something that I've learned after doing this show for the better part of over a year and a half now is, even in losses, there are still things that you can highlight. There's still a little bit of good that takes place in a game, even in an ugly loss, as ugly as this one was. Um, but I've also fully converted, and I am definitely on board with the tank, you know, for anybody who saw our uh, Locked On Now video that we posted right after the game, I reported on this loss directly from the safety of my Rockets tank, which I will be using uh, every single time that I have to do one of those Locked On Now videos, so, and I'll probably keep adding uh, little features to the tank. Currently, it's got a Rockets logo, and it's got a fun meter inside the tank, and the fun meter is definitely depleted and at 0%, negative percent really, it's negative like 8% or something, Uh, but that fun meter is going to be filled with joy once we uh once we get Cade Cunningham in a Rockets jersey. But that being said, uh plenty of other things to talk about. I will talk about this game a little bit probably in segments uh 2 and 3, but right out of the gate, uh want to talk about the uh extension leak for Victor Oladipo that we found out uh leading into uh Sunday night's game and you know, so Oladipo was offered this two-year, 45-some-odd million-dollar extension. Wojnarowski, you know, leaked it out, or, or somebody leaked it to Wojnarowski, and he tweeted it out and shared the info. And so I, I want to talk about this first, because I think this is important to address, is that there's kind of multiple different angles from this, right? And uh, the first angle that I want to approach it from is, okay, where, who, who orchestrated the leak, right? Was it the Rockets front office, or was it Uh, Victor Oladipo's camp trying to orchestrate the leak, and had some people asking, okay, well, why why would it have been the Rockets' front office? Like, what what incentive is it for them to leak it? Well, it shows that maybe they're trying to a you know retain Victor Oladipo. Maybe they do have interest in uh, you know procuring his services past just this season. Uh, Maybe they're trying to up his trade value by showing that they think he's really you know worth that level of a contract. Um, And then the other thing is. I think it could just be posturing, could just be optics. They want to be seen as the uh, as the player friendly organization now in the in the, in the post uh, Daryl Morey era, where let's face it, Daryl Morey uh, had a certain reputation among free agents about you know if you go to Houston, you could be traded at the drop of a hat because it's Daryl Morey, uh, and so I think maybe Rafael Stone is trying to you know fix that image a little bit for the Houston Rockets and then there's the alternative side where you look at it from the Victor Oladipo angle um where maybe they leaked it to the can- uh, to to Woj that he uh declined the offer and I think that one is is Oladipo trying to show potentially that he's not willing to sign that extension wherever he goes that you know he's got his sights set on you know a handful of places this summer and it it kind of Ruins the Rockets' trade leverage um, if he's not willing to sign the extension now, uh, and if, if a team's only going to going to get a half-season rental of him without a firm commitment to sign for an extended duration uh, this summer, that's tough, right? We've talked about trade scenarios with the Denver Nuggets. We've talked about trade scenarios with the Heat, the the Knicks, even, you know, and a couple of those locations, the the Heat and the the Knicks. Maybe, sure, yeah, Depot would love to, you know, potentially sign a long-term contract and play in the limelight and all that stuff, but the Nuggets, I mean, would did, would Victor Oladipo like to sign an extension and play long-term with the Nuggets? They're a good team, right, but they're not one of those primo geographical locations like South Beach or like New York or one of the two LA teams, so... It doesn't, you know, and we don't know where Victor Oladipo's priorities lie. Maybe that is more important to him living somewhere, living in one of those primo hotspots is more important to him than playing for a young competitive team like the Denver Nuggets. So, by, you know, potentially if it was his camp that leaked the denial of the extension, maybe that's him trying to. Uh, garner his own leverage to not be sent somewhere that he doesn't want to go uh, and and whatnot. So I mean there's there's so many different angles to approach that extension but at the end of the day he didn't sign the extension which to me is is further concrete evidence that he is going to be moved at the deadline in some capacity. I will be so thoroughly shocked if Victor Oladipo and PJ Tucker are here past the trade deadline and PJ Tucker's actually another guy I've got to talk about here in the second segment based on how this game went just based on uh based on the the lineup decision Uh, involving P.J. Tucker. And I do want to talk about that, but we've got one more thing to mention, and that is the fact that uh, if you follow me at all on social media, you probably saw uh, over the weekend uh, with Apollo H-O-U, we were doing... Uh, with Apollo Media. We were doing a 24-hour charity stream. Uh, Apollo did one last year before I was involved with them. Raised over $7,000 for charity uh, right here for the for the Houston community. And then we did the same thing again this year. And this year we raised over $8,500 for charity. It was amazing. We had so much support. If you're listening to this podcast and if you stopped by the stream at all, if you shared it, uh, if you donated, I am so, so grateful for your support. Uh, we had some really amazing guests on there we had jay sean tate and i played a little bit of apex legends i was god awful at apex i'm so bad at it. i hadn't played since like one of the earlier seasons like season two or three i played like a little bit um but first person shooters are not usually my forte anyways when it comes to video games i'm much more of a league of legends world of warcraft kind of guy um, but we did find out from Jay Sean Tate that I proposed, you know, back in the day we were we were going over nicknames for the Jay Sean Tate fan club. And we had it narrowed down on Twitter to the United Tates and the Tater Tots. And Jay Tate laughed his ass off at the Tater Tots name. Uh, And he loved that. He picked Tater Tots. So shout out one more time, Alan at Alan Show on Twitter, uh, who was just on here for our Fan Talk Friday episode. Uh, So he was the one who came up with the Tater Tots. uh, And so he, I just got to give him his... uh, his, his uh, credit for coming up with that and the fact that Jay Tate loved it. We also had uh, some other amazing guests on there. We had Rocket Girl on there uh, displaying her insanely impressive wardrobe of rocket swag that she has accumulated over the years it was incredible she was pulling drawers out left and right sock drawer hat drawer uh short drawer. it was so crazy to see so many different outfits that she could you know throw together and make them all match from head to toe it was crazy uh and then we also had matt bullard on uh who regaled us with some stories uh of rudy t and his playing days and it was just a great experience we got a couple rudy t bar stories in there it was very fun uh and then lance McCarthy. Junior. I know this is a Rockets podcast, but it was still very cool to have Lance on there. Uh, he spoke with Des, uh, and it was just it was a great overall experience, and it all went to a great cause. Uh, we're putting that money directly back into the Houston community. Uh, so not only did we raise over eleven hundred dollars here with Locked On Rockets, we then subsequently raised another eighty five hundred doing a twenty four hour charity stream with Apollo Hou. So in total, you know that that's almost. directly back into the Houston community. So for anybody who's listening to this that took part in either of those donation drives, shared them, uh, donated yourself, whatever it may be, thank you so much from me to you for helping those of us here in Houston, your brothers and sisters in the city, or if you're not in the city, uh, but you still love to rep Houston. Uh, whether you're you moved somewhere else, you used to rep Houston or you're just overseas, but you claim Houston as your uh, as your you know secondary city of choice because of the Rockets. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really, really appreciate it. So coming up, we've got our, uh, we're gonna talk about the Grizzlies game a little bit. I'm sorry, we've got to do it. Uh, But before we get there, I've got a quick message from our friends over at Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, get focused, and just overall be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can really change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockedonmba. That's headspace.com slash lockedonmba for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now, so go to headspace.com slash lockedonmba today. Quick word from our friends over at betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing, and MLB is right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. You got real-time updated odds and, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline even has you, they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is just the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Just head over to their website and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. So again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast? Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go. We gotta talk about the game. I'm sorry, it, it's gotta happen. But the good news is we we've got we've got a new added segment. Um, shout out Drew uh, Htx Drew on Twitter for suggesting we've got a new uh, miniature segment that we're gonna do starting at the very end of all the shows uh, in in the third segment. So that's gonna be fun. But we gotta talk about this Grizzlies game now. Immediately, right, it, it just it looks horrendous and it look, it did, I'll level with you, it looked horrendous for most of the game. But couple notes. I was impressed with Steven Silas's decision to start Justin Patton to counter the size of Jonas Valanciunas. I thought that was a great decision. And then I saw the rest of the starting lineup and I was distraught because Jay Sean Tate got benched for Justin Patton. and that I did not agree with in the slightest. Because to me, there's been a guy who's been struggling mightily for the last season. For this entire season, really. It's and it's been PJ Tucker. And to me, I cannot fathom the idea to start PJ Tucker over Jay Sean Tate. And I had a couple people in my mentions saying maybe, you know, Silas is trying to recapture some of that bench energy with with Tate and Nwaba and Sterling Brown. And I'm like, I can't buy that I, because Jay Tate has been amazing in that starting lineup, and even and then I had other people who were saying maybe it's a floor spacing issue because you 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 know you need floor spaces out there if you've got Justin Patton out there. And first off, the Rockets only hit four threes in this game, four of forty-five three-point shooting. You want to know who hit two of them? Justin Patton. So, I don't want to hear anything about spacing in regards to Justin Patton. He plays, and this is the important part about Justin Patton, he has a... Uh, a skill set that is so similar to Christian Wood. Now, as far as his ability to to, to go off the bounce, to put the ball on the floor and drive it in from the three-point line, I do not know if he has that ability. But what he does have is he has the pick-and-pop ability. He can sit on the three-point line and hit those shots, and he's got the rim-running ability. So that's two out of three from what Christian Wood was able to do. DeMarcus Cousins only had the one. He could only pop out to the three-point line. So... Justin Patton already has an entire other layer to his game, and it's not even super necessary that he's able to drive and subsequently kick or finish at the rim the way that Christian Wood can. There's very few bigs that can do that, but the fact that Patton has that secondary element to his game where he can not only pick and pop, but he can also roll to the rim so that they can play five out, but they can also have his, uh, his rim running as a way to unlock other elements of their offense, which has been sorely missing over this now 11-game losing streak, it's such a breath of fresh air. But back to the matter at hand, Jay Sean Tate should have absolutely started over P.J. Tucker. Because, And I went and looked because I was like, well, look, let's look at their like, three-point numbers over the last five games. Daniel House, over the last five games, going into this one against the Grizzlies, over the last five games, Daniel House was shooting uh, 50% from behind the arc. And Jay Sean Tate was shooting 42% from behind the arc. And P.J. Tucker was shooting 25% from behind the arc. So I'm like, and this is where it's frustrating because with the the way that the Rockets are set up right now, with kind of the the dynamics at play with some of the veterans versus the young guys, I, I feel like Steven Silas is continuing to start P.J. Tucker almost out of respect. Or potentially, as a couple people suggested on Twitter, on The Bird, maybe... Silas is continuing to start him as a directive from the front office so that they can continue to, I don't know, display what PJ Tucker does. But at the end of the day, like people know what PJ Tucker does. He right now he's struggling on a team that's not a championship caliber team because he doesn't have one of those elite playmakers like a James Harden or a LeBron James or a or a Luka Doncic to Generate those easy, wide-open corner three-point shots for. So his offense looks bad. Defensively, he's still uh, a, a quality defensive player. Absolutely, you know, has pro- has definitely lost a step, but still very, very much above league average on that end. So to me, I don't know why they feel the need to continue to display him or, or, or whatever, so that they can, you know, potentially facilitate a trade for him. Um I mean, you're seeing that right now with the the Cavaliers. They've decided to sit Andre Drummond until they can find a trade partner for him. And that's the smart decision because, look, the worst-case scenario is the Rockets are either, A, going to continue to tank P.J. Tucker's trade value because he just does not fit very well in this new dynamic that this offense has because he can't create his own shot and because he can't reasonably get any of those corner three-point shots anymore. And then, B, the fact that he could injure himself. And if P.J. Tucker manages to injure himself before the trade deadline, as much as that would suck, like, I'm not like, you know, obviously injuries just suck, so that would be bad, but it then the, the Rockets wouldn't be able to trade him, and they would lose him for nothing this offseason. So, to me, I don't know why they don't just put him in bubble wrap and say, hey, we've got a lightly used P.J. Tucker over here, um, late first, you know, early second, serviceable role player, serviceable young player, Lakers, you guys want to focus Taylor Horton Tucker? Tucker for Tucker deal? I mean, like, there's just... Uh, and, again, that's... It's frustrating. Justin Patton, I appreciate him being inserted in the starting lineup. Uh, it should have been for P.J. Tucker, not for Jayshon Tate. Uh, and then, to, to I guess, kind of wrap up my thoughts on this, because the, the rest of the game was a bit of a dumpster fire, but that opening stretch, the opening part of this game with Justin Patton in there and with the starting lineup, even though offensively, just, it was uh really hard to watch. John Wall at one point, I, I mean John Wall ended the first quarter, uh, what was it? One for eight shooting, two turnovers, two points at the end of the first quarter. Um, hands down, probably his worst quarter as a Houston Rocket, I think. And but but the defense was worlds better with Justin Patton on the floor. It was. He was doing an excellent job of defending the rim. Uh, he needs to be a little bit better, a little bit more aware of where he is when he's boxing out uh, and, and kind of actively tracking those rebounds. But I think a big part of that is because he does have good defensive awareness. Like, he's if you watch Justin Patton when he's on the floor – He's constantly watching exactly where the ball is and and kind of trying to read and survey, but at the same time he's keeping tabs on where his man is and he reads the defense or he, he's reading the opposing offense really well. He's getting to his spots where he needs to be, uh, whether it's in drop coverage and he's got to uh, you know pick up the ball handler, whether it's you know whether they're trying to blitz the pick and roll really quickly. He does a good job of reading and reacting to what the offense is doing. And for a young guy, for a G League guy who hasn't had many in. NBA reps that's great to see and it's only going to get better especially you know think about you know when the Rockets get some actual practice reps in he's gonna get to practice against Christian Wood and we know how good Christian Wood is so the fact that he's gonna be kind of in that secondary unit Moving forward, he's a great backup to have for Christian Wood, and on a G League contract. So I'm at this point where obviously the sample size is pretty small. I'd like to see you know a bit more consistency out of him. I'd like to see more from Justin Patton, but I would love to see the Rockets convert his his, his two-way deal into a regular NBA deal and and hold on to him uh, at least for the foreseeable future. But they they're, they're capped out on roster spot. Or I take that back. They have one open roster spot right now because of the Boogie Cousins deal. Um, So they could convert him if they want to. If they see something there that they really, really like, uh, they could totally do that. And I am all for it at this point because he was one of the uh, lone bright spots in this game. Uh, Four of six shooting. He had ten points. He had five rebounds. Had a couple blocks. uh, I mean, a couple threes. Just, you know, really solid all-around game. From Justin Patton. And then really the only other Rocket that, you know, I felt like did a solid job. I, I take it back. A pair of Rockets. Uh, and it, it seems like it's consistently these two guys. Jayshon Tate and David Nwaba. Like, they they show up ready to play. Ready to play no matter what the score is, they go out there and they leave it all on the floor. And it's, I am so appreciative of players like that who, despite this rough stretch for the Rockets, they go out there and they make these, you know, they they make watching the Rockets entertaining, right? Seeing guys out there who are playing. You know, playing their hearts out, trying their best, regardless of what the score is. It takes a little bit of the edge off the losing streak. It really does. So, shout out Jay Sean Tate, 14 points, 4 of 6 shooting, had 4 rebounds, had a steal, had a block, uh, just doing Jay Sean Tate things. And then David Nwaba, uh, 11 points, 4 of 8 shooting. Uh, 3 of 5 at the Charity Stripe. Jay Sean Tate was 6 of 7 at the free throw line too. So, so a lot of free throws in this game for the Rockets. Uh, and then David Nwaba also had 4 rebounds. He had a steal. Uh, played some excellent defense. Just, again, David Nwaba things. So wanted to give those two guys their shout-outs in addition to Justin Patton. Because uh, everybody else played like garbage in this game. Like just top to bottom. Everybody else was awful. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna highlight anybody else. I'm not even gonna mention anybody else's name because they they don't deserve it at this point So that's gonna do it for that segment uh, I might have one or two remaining thoughts uh, about this game in the third segment But then we'll get to our uh, our new unveiled segment in segment 3 and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar but most people have never had a protein bar that they truly love and enjoy. And if that's the case, you've got to check out Built Bar. Like I'm staring at my box of uh, crispy flavored Built bars over here, which are this new flavor that they rolled out. They, you know, and they, sometimes they'll send us out these samples of these new ones. And I'm telling you, every single time they send me a new, fla- a new flavor to try, I try it. I'm just like, I'm, I'm continued to be blown away by it. But they've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. The double chocolate used to be my favorite. Now I'm partial to the. Uh, The coconut brownie chunk, it's so good, but they've got, you know, uh, cookies and cream caramel brownie german chocolate raspberry the list goes on and on and the thing about these bars right is they're not traditional protein bars they're not gritty they're not chalky they're delicious they're covered in 100 chocolate they're soft they're easy to chew the flavors are amazing built bar really has the, this whole protein bar thing down pat they're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein every single bar is low-cal low sugar high protein high fiber they are amazing for a keto diet and you can check them out. Just go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on 20 and you'll get 20% off your very next order. So again, that's promo code lockedon 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Thankfully, 2020 is finally over, but look, it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. So if you're betting this year and you want more wins, be sure to listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q uh, and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking the best teams, the best wins, the best odds all season long. So check it out. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So... Final segment here, and I'm trying to think, make sure there's nothing else that I want to tackle from this one regrettably uh, before going into our, our kind of our, our final segment, our uh, our tankathon segment. That's what it's going to be. Um, so we're going to use tankathon, and we're going to do some uh, NBA draft lottery simulations. Uh, and I haven't decided the number. I'm deciding that on the fly. I'm going to go with three. I like the number three. So we're going to run three simulations of draft lottery odds. And we're going to start doing this every episode because, hey, the Rockets are in tank mode. Uh, That's what it is. Now, whether they're in tank mode intentionally or they're just doing it organically because they kind of suck, um, that is a little bit TBD. But where they are right now is they are bottom three in the league. They are on an 11-game losing streak. And they are 11 and 21. only the Detroit Pistons and Minnesota Timberwolves have worse records than the Rockets currently, which means the Rockets have a 52% chance to retain their draft pick. And that's huge. And I know that there's a lot of people, there's still people on other side on both sides of the aisle. There's still people who would like to see this team try to turn it around in the second half of the season and actually compete. And then there's people who are just advocating straight up for the tank. And where I'm at at this point is I cannot wrap my head around what benefits come from actually trying to turn this ship around, uh, turn this car around, right this ship. I guess you could turn a ship around. Yeah, you can turn a ship around. I'm sticking with that saying. Turn this ship around and actually try to fight and claw your way back into you know what would conceivably be maybe a play-in tournament slot later this season, because originally I was advocating for the competitive angle, and that's that's where I was because I genuinely think that if you were to just give a magic healing potion to every player on this team, use the doctor, use the time stone, bust out Doctor Strange pre-in game, uh, or I guess pre-Infinity War, whatever. And uh, and bust out the time stone and, and dial back the clock for this entire team and start them at the very beginning of the season. Everybody's healthy. They get a, a regular training camp. There is a lot of talent on this roster. There really is. And I genuinely think that if Steven Silas and this, this cast of Rockets players had had a formal training camp under one roof, not the James Harden drama, not the, the three and six start, just all of this, right? If they had gotten a, a legitimate crack at it, this team would be a talented team because that window that we saw where they went seven you know seven wins in eight games where they went on the six game winning streak that wasn't a fluke. This team showed the ability to be a top defensive team, the number 1 defense in the NBA. And then offensively, they were kind of a middle, middle of the pack team, but they were also dealing with some guys who were in shooting slumps. They were trying to find their rhythm offensively, but still a number one rated defense and even if you could get your offense conceivably to that number like around the to mark, that's a really good team. That is a playoff-bound team. Which is why I was fully convinced that they were bound to make it to the playoffs during that stretch. But then you lose your number one best player, you lose Christian Wood, you lose other guys like John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Eric Gordon occasionally due to lineup issues. You lose Victor Oladipo again for the uh, the foot injury for an extended stretch of games. You lose P.J. Tucker for a stretch of games, even though offensively he's been kind of a no-show this season. Defensively, he still brings it on a nightly basis. There's just so much that this team is dealing with as far as adversity goes. So that's why originally I was on board with the stay competitive angle, because I thought this team did have a chance to make something special happen and potentially garner the eyes of some free agents and be like, hey, that's a place that I'd like to go play at because, you know, they're, they're playing scrappy, competitive basketball. They're a good defensive team, defense travels, all that stuff, right? Now, not so much. Now they're already bottom in the league. It's going to be really tough to dig themselves out of this hole, even with Christian Wood, even with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. coming up to the Rockets after the G League season is over for the second half of the season. I'd much rather take away the expectations and just focus on playing good basketball, right? Letting Steven Silas implement his systems, let the young guys go out there and get a crack at it. But don't worry. And that's the thing is don't stress about winning games. Like, Murph said it really well during the halftime show of the Grizzlies game, is that the Rockets are going out there and they're worried about winning these games. They're going out there and they're actively worried and stressing and thinking about, you know, they've got to in the losing streak, they've got to win these games. And that's taking them out of the moment. And this is from a former, a former Rockets legend, a former player, a great. And the players know this game better than I ever will, right? I played basketball for for a, p- a portion of my life, right? But I never played at anywhere near the competitive level. You know, I, I didn't play in high school, unfortunately. Didn't play in college. You know, what, whatever, right? I know, I know the game, but I I will never know the game the way that players know the game. And so, for to hear Murph kind of say that, it's really insightful to understand that this team is struggling because they're not playing to just play for each other to to play good basketball. They're out there stressing about wanting to win and that's affecting their confidence. They've got that that nagging thought in the back of their head that they're on this, you know, now 11 game losing streak, all that stuff. And so I think that there's a way right for Stephen Silas to inject, you know, more of the youth into the lineup just, you know, practice on preaching good basketball principles and they're going to come they're going to come away with some wins in the second half of the season, right? But it's about the fact that they're just, at this point, looking like a team that is very fractured without Christian Wood. They're very discombobulated on both sides of the basketball. Things look better with Justin Patton out there for stretches of the game. But with where things are at right now, I don't expect them to intentionally start tanking. I just expect the Rockets to not be a very good team in the second half of the season, uh, especially uh, pending any trade deadline deals and depending on what all that looks like. And then because of that, I do expect them at the tail end of the season, if they are hovering bottom five, bottom six in the league, I fully expect them to kind of go on a tanking spree for the remaining, you know, what, 10 games of the season or so to intentionally finish bottom third to have, you know, every opportunity to retain their pick and not have to swap it with the Oklahoma City Thunder and walk away with uh, the Miami Heat draft pick. So with that... Let's go ahead and we are going to run our locked on Rockets Tankathon simulator. So, I've got it reset right now and right now the number 1 position well, I mean they're all bottom 3 so they all have the exact same odds, but uh mentioned it already, the Minnesota Timberwolves currently at 7 and 28, the Detroit Pistons at 9 and 25 and the Rockets at 11 and 21 all with 52% odds for a top 4 pick, a 14% chance at the number 1 overall pick. So here we go. We are gonna spin that wheel. There's not actually a wheel. I wish there was a wheel. That'd be a little bit more fun. It's just a button. I, you know what? I'm gonna write a letter to Tankathon, because I feel like this should be a wheel. Anyways, <clears throat> here we go. First sim rockets land number three overall so they retain their draft pick the orlando magic jump up to the number one spot the sacramento kings take away the number two spot rockets stay exactly where they were at the number three spot the wizards come away with the fourth overall pick minnesota falls to number five in the sim detroit fell four spots all the way down to number six the Cavs, atlanta hawks and the oklahoma city thunder uh, oh, and then the New Orleans Pelicans round out the top 10. So that is uh, the, that is, all right, good. Good, good first sim for the Rockets. I like it. Number three overall pick. Not Cade Cunningham, but still, they retain their draft pick. And that's what we're shooting for right now. Cade Cunningham would be the cherry on top of retaining the Rockets draft pick. I know that everybody's got their eyes set on him, but even then, it's a 14% chance. So, with that said, if the Rockets maintain to, first, if they maintain their draft pick, that's just amazing. Like, I, I will be content with that. But if they m- not only maintain their draft pick and land the number one overall pick, I will I will be on cloud, ni- is there a cloud higher than cloud nine? I will be on cloud 10, damn it. Like, I don't even know if that's an expression, but I'll be on cloud 10 if that happens. Here we go. Number two sim. Oh, well, I got to reset it first. All right, resetting. All right, here we go. Simming number two. Ooh, okay. Rockets have fallen to number six in this one, sending their pick out to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the top ten in order, it's the Atlanta Hawks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, New Orleans Pelicans at number three, the Pistons at number four, the T-Wolves at number five, uh, the Orlando Magic at number seven, the Sacramento Kings at number eight, the Cleveland Cavaliers at number nine, and the Wizards at number ten. So the Rockets do not retain their draft pick in this scenario. Pain, nothing but cold, dark pain in this one. All right, here we go. We are going to reset it, and we are going to do one more sim and see how this one turns out. Maybe this is the Cade Cunningham sim. We will see. Here it goes. It is not the Cade Cunningham sim, but the Rockets do maintain their draft pick again in this one. Uh, And we have a couple surprise jumps here. So the, the Pistons jump up to number one overall. The Oklahoma City Thunder jump up to number two overall, jumping an entire seven spaces to number two overall. The Rockets stay at number three. The Chicago Bulls jump up eight spots to the number four overall pick, which is unbelievable. Uh, The Timberwolves drop four spots, their pick going to the Golden State Warriors. And then rounding out that top 10, you've got the Orlando Magic, the Sacramento Kings, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Washington Wizards, and the Atlanta Hawks at number 10. So we had two successful Sims for the Rockets, both landing the third overall pick. And then we had one unsuccessful Sim for the Rockets dropping down to number six, which, hey, those are the odds when you only have 52% odds to stay in the top four and maintain your draft pick. Uh, it's scary, but at this point, I think it makes more sense than trying to compete ...for a playing spot just for the chance to say that they, you know, were some scrappy, you know, hard-fought team to try and, you know, make a little bit of noise in the Western Conference. I'd rather them roll the dice on this pick, and that's exactly where I'm at. So, for today's episode of Locked on Rockets, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much. Oh, wait, no. Hang on. Almost done. I almost forgot. Um, We're going to be doing another Fan Talk Friday episode this week, so if you didn't get in on the last Fan Talk Friday, be sure to send another DM. Um, If you did already send DMs, I wrote down your names already, uh, and I will be circling through those as we're going to be doing these Fan Talk Fridays. Whenever there's not a game on a Thursday, I'm going to do Fan Talk Friday. That's going to be the new setup, the new dynamic here, is if there's not a game on Thursday, meaning I don't need to do a recap on Friday, Uh, then we're going to do Fan Talk Friday episodes every Thursday for the foreseeable future here because I think it's a new, fun way to get your voices heard, to bring in some new thoughts, new ideas. And it's just, I had a blast doing the first one and I want to keep it rolling. So had to get that announcement in there before we close things out. Now this episode is over. So as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.